0: So I'm glad you guys made it, and uh, today we're going to start with... um, I'm just going to invite Kathleen up here, and um, I thought before we do a little bit of teaching, we could maybe have one action song, and I was thinking of getting the adults involved again. What do you guys think of that? They look like they could use a little bit of exercise after, yeah. All right, so I'm going to grab a guitar here, and... uh, What's, what's kind of uh, number one in the hit parade for action songs that you guys have been doing lately? Anything? I have to know it, I guess. How about the Hallelujah one? Is that a good one? Yeah? That's one I sang at camp a lot of times when I was a kid. And maybe what we could do is split. Um, should we do sides? Would that work better? So... Um, uh, So, the the way that it works is, if I remember correctly, one group is hallelujah, and one group is praise ye the Lord. So, hallelujah, I think, is Hebrew for praise ye the Lord. So, we're kind of saying the same thing over and over again, just to make the point, right? But I think hallelujah has a little bit more to do, if I'm not correct, you Hebrew scholars correct me, I think it has to do a little bit more than exhortation. So, it's kind of like praise the Lord... Hallelujah, I said, praise the Lord. That's kind, of, that's kind of what hallelujah is. It's kind of like an imperative. All right? For you Hebrew folks, it's the imperative. Praise the Lord, I said. All right? All right. All right, let's practice, all right? It goes like this. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, Hallelujah, Hallelujah! Praise ye the Lord. Okay, now it gets a little tricky here. Praise ye the Lord, Hallelujah! Praise ye the Lord, Hallelujah! Praise ye the Lord, Hallelujah! Praise ye the Lord. Ye the Lord. Pretty good. All right, so we're 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 warming up. So let's try some actions. Uh, would one of you guys like to lead this section over here? Want you into that? Sure. Sophia, yeah? And uh, Annika, would you be into leading these guys? Yeah? All right. So here's how it goes. This is hallelujah. These are praise the Lord, yeah? Is that how we do it? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Actions, it's just stand and sit. Right. Yeah, if you're singing it, you stand. If you're not singing, you sit. All right? Yeah. You, got, you want to use this? Would that help? Yeah. Because you've got a long way to go down compared to those guys. Yeah, oh, was, all right, here we go. All right, so you guys start, you're the hallelujahs, all right? When, when, when we're singing, you stand, and... Um, and then they say, when they sing, you sit down. Yeah, you have to sit down, all right, no cheating. Okay, here we go. All right, this section, you ready? Wakey, wakey, I know that extra hour of sleep was hard. I know, here we go. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. 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 Praise the Lord. Whoops, praise, ye the, Lord. praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise, hallelujah. praise the Lord. Hallelujah.
1: Praise ye the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise
0: ye the Lord. Hallelujah. One more? Okay, we're going to switch sides. Oh, by the way, on the end one, you can all stand. Will it y'all stand? Because it's kind of, it's so rousing, you know, it's kind of hard to stay seated, I know, all right? All right, so you guys start this time, all right? I can tell Wade used to go to church camp. There we are. All right, here we go. Ready? <laughs> hallelujah, hallelujah, hallelujah. Praise
1: Good. the Lord.
0: Good. Praise the Lord! Praise ye the Lord! Now, oh, give yourselves a good hand. Awesome! Right on! Okay, you can all be seated. Thanks so much. All right. So today we are going to have a lesson that is part of our teaching series that we've been doing as a church called The Good and Beautiful Community. And what I want to do is, is give you guys a bit of an object lesson here. How many like object lessons? Did you get object le- Anybody get your any object lessons when you're in Sunday school? Yeah. Some of them I never forgot. Some of them traumatized me. But anyway, I would like to uh, show you guys. Now, we, we often have Korean homestay students living in our home. And, uh, and I have a nickname with our homestay students, and it's called The Mad Scientist. And the reason is, is every time I would cook, there would be just piles of stuff everywhere. It looked like an, ex- I looked like that guy in Back to the Future. What's his name? Dr. Yeah, that's what I looked like. I just forgot my white gown. That's the only thing. Anyway, I want to show you guys something. Do you see this? What is this? That's a pipe. It's a pipe. What kind of pipe is that? PVC pipe. Huh?
1: <laughs>
0: PVC pipe, because it says that on there. Very good. That's good. Um, now, I was, I was at the store yesterday looking for one of these, and I, uh, it was kind of cool, because I was asking a man to, to, um, uh, to, to help me find what was called an elbow pipe. And that's actually kind of the official name for these, is, is an elbow pipe. Why do we call it an elbow pipe? Yeah, it looks like an elbow, doesn't it? Like your elbow, right? And the idea is, is that it helps the flow of water. So the this elbow pipe is an illustration of us and our lives. And I have some water here. And this water is a picture of God's love. Often in the Bible, water is a picture of God's love for us and of his presence and his mercy and his goodness. And the pipe is a picture of us and this direction is us receiving God's love, and this is us giving God's love. All right? So the idea is we can't give what we don't have. So if you watch, as, as I pour in water, you'll notice that what, should, what happens is that water flows out this way. Whoops! What's happening? What's going on there? How come the water's not coming out? Hairball. Huh? <laughs> Hairball. <laughs> Somebody's had experience in their house, right? Well, what's going on? Can you figure out what, why do you think there's no water going through there?
1: It. Well,
0: <laughs> see? No, it's still water there, but it's not getting through, right? Well, what happened was I was trying to practice my sermon illustration. And I stuck a little ball in there, and it got stuck, right? <laughs> so I went sermon illustration out the door. But but really, then I thought about it, and I realized that actually, it's a good picture of what I, of what I want to talk about today. And that is, is that, um, yeah, the water's there, and that God is always pouring His love into us, but sometimes there's blocks to that love. There's blocks to receiving that love. And I want to talk about one of the most significant blocks that keep us from receiving God's love. Because His love is always pouring on us. It's never stopped. It's always coming. But often we don't feel it and we don't experience it because of blockages in our life. All right, so Kathleen's going to come and give you a little activity here that illustrates uh, this a little bit further, and then I'll tell you another story.
1: Okay, you have to listen carefully, and adults too, because each one of you is going to be given a package. So Amy, if you don't listen, Amy, you want to look at me right now, because you have to know instructions, (laughs) right? And so your mommy's going to work with you in a minute. First thing you're going to get is, whoever can read, a Lego block tower. You see the packages over there? So we have a Lego block tower. And guess what the Lego block tower is going to represent? Who said that? Oh, Pax, you are a prophet. Oh, did your dad whisper the answer in your ear? <laughs>
0: That's pretty good, Pax. I'm Pax impressed.
1: We'll have a special package for you if you want to stay there, too. Okay, so this is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. So this is what we call analogies if we're adults. This is what we call what if we're kids? A type or something that represents or a symbol. So if your dad sees the red light, what happens when he sees the red light when he's driving a car? He hopefully stops. Red light, (laughs) we won't talk about the yellow light. (laughs) But that's a symbol. It means something. It means stop. Here, the blocks are going to mean God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. God. He's a high tower. We can run into him and be safe. Then we have the next thing that you're going to have in your package. Each one of you. And this is going to be something that I hope your parents will not be disappointed in. But you might have to check with them. What's this? Cherry nibs. Cherry nibs. How come it went up a little bit there? Cherry nibs. Ah! I mean, this is right after Halloween. But, I mean, if we have to have something sugar-free cherry nibs. Now, cherry nibs are... Like this, okay? Each one of you is going to have a package of cherry nips, right? They represent what, do you think? They don't represent candy. They are candy. (laughs) So they have to represent something else. And guess what they're going to represent today? No. They're going to represent God's Love. love, his goodness, his grace, salvation, all the good gifts that God gives in his great generosity. Then the last thing that you guys are going to have, two things. One is a straw. It's not a little straw. It's a big straw. And you're going to have this, which is a plate. A plate. Okay, Gordy, I need your help just to move this off and I'm going to just show a quick little demonstration. All right. Okay, so this plate and this straw represents you. Samantha, I know you don't think you look like a straw, but you have to pretend, okay? This is you. So do you remember what Terry ann sang about when she said, we're leaning not to our own understanding, but we're leaning on God. So this is just a very little example of how you can build a high tower. Now, I've given... Lots of Lego blocks. I want you to use every single one of them and build the highest tower you can possibly build. Then you're going to try to figure out how, which is very easy. Oh, wow, that's a little bit insecure there, do you think? Well, we have to figure out how that's going to, is it easy to do that? If it was easy, well, it's working, though. Maybe you'll Um, have one or two times that you have to try it. And then what do you think I'm going to do with the cherry nibs? Is that going to be easy? What would one tip be? If you were a good teacher, what would your tip be? To eat it before you put it inside? That's not allowed. Because you won't get the nib down. Now listen, this represents God's goodness. This represents God's gifts. His precious gifts. Amy, look at that. You're going to have a package of nibs and you're going to have to figure out without the microphone. Praise the Lord. How are you going to make this go down the chute? Oh, there it did went. There's one.
0: Can they hold this straw?
1: If you have to hold this draw, okay. but tr- you can try it without, but if you have to, because that's you, you're can, holding yourself, right?
0: Can the adults do this but too? But you're
1: leaning. I don't know whether the adults are capable of it. <laughs> <laughs> there. Now, uh, let's go and review this. In a minute, you're going to have your very own, and I need the adults to so participate. So build a tower. Yeah, just wait. Kay. Adults, wanna, what's the tower represent? Okay, God the, and what's the cherry nibs represent? God's what? God's love and God's gifts of mercy, grace, forgiveness. Every good and perfect gift comes from the Father of lights. And what does the straw and the paper plate represent? You. Every person who chooses to lean on God and receive god's mercy okay so i'm going to be watching and i don't want you eating the nibs before they go down the straw (laughs) i'm
0: I'm, I'm kind of hungry so you might want to take these all right so
1: you wait patiently and i will hand out your package okay thank you very much awesome thank
0: you kathleen all right so you guys can work on that in case i get boring you can work on that um so, just, um, so Kathleen, is it, is it possible for them to listen to me while they're doing that or do they need, okay, because I wanted to ask them a question, um, I want to ask you guys a question, how many of you guys have a friend, raise your hand, what, what do you like to do with your friend, huh, dance, cool. What else? What, what are some things you like to do with your friends? Play with them. How many of you have ever had a friend who stopped being your friend? Yeah? Do you, without being too uh, disclosive, what happened? Was, was, it, was, it a, was it something where they moved away, or was it something that happened between you? Okay. So, uh, how many of you have ever had somebody who stopped being your friend, who became your friend again? Did that happen? Cool. Right. So, what 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 kind of things happened? So they became your friend again. What had to happen? Forgiveness. Okay, we can go home. That's that was my sermon right there. Thanks, Sophia. So, can I tell you about something that happened to me when I was a kid, where somebody was my friend, and they stopped being my friend, and then they became my friend again? Yeah? This was when I was kind of preteen, about the same age as you intermediate guys, and I had a c- couple of cousins that came and lived with us for a while in, in uh, northern Alberta, and they're, they were missionary kids, and... I was so excited about them coming to visit us. And when they came for the first little while, we were, we were, we were just having a great time together. But then we kind of had a falling out. And I'm not sure, I'm still trying to catch up all even now, all these years later as to all that happened. But I think part of it was, was all of a sudden there was five or six kids in our house and we had to share the same parents and it felt like the love got kind of thin between us all. And this, these cousins, at first they were really fun, but then they got really annoying. Have you ever met somebody that got really annoying? Yeah. yeah, they kind of just bugged you. I know there's not a lot of people like that around, but once in a while, somebody like that comes into your life. And this one cousin of mine was so clumsy, he'd always spill his milk every mealtime. I, I used to set my clock by when he would spill his milk. He was so clumsy. And they were—they would bug me and tease me. And I, so I would tease and bug them back. And and we started having fights. Did you ever have a fight? Yeah. You ever have a fight? Yeah, okay. Um, and so um, it, and you know what really got hard for me? I, I don't want to make excuses for my behavior because I was. I was a real, well, I won't say what the adult expression is, but I, I was a real jerk uh, to my cousins. And one of the reasons was, is my friends at school started um, coming up to me and saying, did you know your cousin did this? He is an annoying, annoying little blankety blank. And, and they started teasing me because of my cousin. So not only was he annoying, my cousin's annoying me, but my friends were starting to tease me because of my annoying cousin. <laughs> it's like, that's not fair, right? So I used to just, my cousin, he, he, he was a little bit heavyset, and sometimes he would bend over to put on his winter boots, and it was a perfect opportunity for me to just wind up and just boot him in the butt. And I was so mean. I was really mean. I'm, I'm, I'm ashamed to admit it. So anyway, this, they were with us for about a year and we were fighting like cats and dogs by the end of the year. And my, my cousin's missionary parents came and picked them up and they went back to Africa. And a number of years passed and during that time, that those, those years they were back in Africa, I gave my heart to the Lord. And one day while I was praying, Jesus showed me how mean I'd been to my cousins and it broke my heart. In fact, I still almost cry when I talk about it now. It really broke my heart how mean I had been to my cousins. And I could not wait. You know, back in those days, missionaries, they would go to the mission field for six years, and they'd have to come back on a boat. I know I'm 300 years old. I know that. And... But they, it, took, it was a long time. It was like six years before my cousins came back. And guess what? Now they were out of high school, early, young adults, as was I. And they came and stayed with us again for a little while. And you know what the first thing I did was? Does anybody, can anybody guess? Sophia? I apologize. What does apologize mean? It's kind of a big word. To say sorry. Yeah, you know what? I sat with my cousins... And something happened to me because I realized that these guys, I'd picked on them and I had not understood. That they here they were a whole year away from their parents. So they were feeling insecure. And not only that, but did you know when they were in Africa and this happened to a lot of missionary kids, they had to go to a missionary form of of residential school. They were sent off to boarding school. So my my cousins to this day still suffer from illnesses, from, from the stuff that happened as missionary kids on the foreign field. But I remember sitting with them in, in, uh, in the living room of my house, and I just said, Stephen and Dwight, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry for what I did. I hurt you guys so bad. And you know what they did? What do you think they did? They, me. they forgave me. They said, Gordy, would you forgive us? And I like, what? So it went two ways. It was it was us both saying, sorry. Well guess what? I became best friends with these cousins all through my adult life. And one guy, his name was Dwight, he was on the front page of the Edmonton Journal. You know why? Because he he took a little airplane and flew it all the way from Edmonton, Alberta to the nation of Mozambique, where he's now a missionary in the jungle. And you know what he just did recently? He just built this bridge over a crocodile river so kids don't get eaten by crocodiles when they go to school. He just built this bridge as a missionary. He's got crazy faith, and he's actually preached in our church. We took a love offering for him about 12 years ago, and our church just blessed him. So we become best friends. Well, what happened there is what the Bible calls being reconciled. Being reconciled is when you were friends with somebody, then you were not friends, and then you became friends again. Now, Jesus tells a similar story. And we're going to get ready for communion here. Um, but I'm wondering, uh, if I, I don't know if I have if I could get a parent to help me do this. I was wondering if I could get a couple of you guys to build for me the tallest, these are giant Lego, by the way, packs, Amazing Halloween costume! I saw that. Amazing Halloween costume! He was the the human Lego. It was great. So what I'd like is for somebody to come and and maybe with the help of a parent, build the highest tower you can possibly build. Are you? Then you better get up here. (laughs) (laughs) Wow! Come on up, bud. Wade, are you able to help me? Yeah. <laughs> just it's for the height thing, you know, just to get it as high as you want. I, I so you failure is not an option. Yeah. yeah. So uh, just the idea is relatively stable, but but just as high as you could possibly go. And and the reason why I want I want them to do this is this illustrates something that Jesus told us in the book of Matthew where Peter Peter came up to Jesus and he said, if, if, my, if my brother offends me, if he hurts my feelings, how many times should I forgive him? Should it be like seven times? I think he was trying to be impressive to Jesus. And uh, I actually think Peter had a fight with his wife, and he was trying to cover up by saying his brother, but that's just my own theory. So Jesus says not only seven times, but 70 times seven... And then he tells the story about this king whose house was getting old. The House of Parliament was starting to fall apart. And uh, on Sussex Drive. And, uh, and uh, there were some bridges that were starting to fall apart. And the king said, Hey, he called his money manager and he said, We need to repair this. And the money manager said, We're broke. And he said, What? We're broke. I'm the king. How can we be broke? And his money manager said, well, you got this bloke in your church, or in your kingdom, rather, as a few in our church do, in your kingdom, who's borrowed all this money, and we have no money left. And he owes you 10,000 bags of gold. Now, we don't use that kind of currency today, but something happened to me when I was in Korea. I was walking on Yoido Island. you know where Yoido Island is, yeah? I was on Yoido Island in Korea. And all of a sudden, I was chewing on this muffin. And I felt this big hole in my mouth. And I went, what's going on? And as I was chewing the muffin, all of a sudden, I found this really hard part of the muffin. And I said, what in the world? And I spat it out, and it was actually a gold crown that had fallen out of my mouth, right? Well, Kathleen, my beautiful Scottish wife had a little case, and she said, here, keep it. So we put the little crown, and for the rest of the sabbatical, I went without this crown in my mouth. And it traveled into China, and it traveled back to Canada. And I put it in my drawer, and I went to see my dentist. And my dentist said, in order to repair your tooth, it's going to cost you $2,200 or more. I said, $2,200 to repair my tooth? She said, yeah, I'm sorry. And I said, you got to be kidding me. And so I said, I'm going to have to go to the church board and ask for a raise. It's the only way I'm going to be able to pay for this, right? So so on an instinct, I said to my dentist, I said, well, what would happen if I brought you my crown that I, I lost in Korea? She said, well, bring it along. We'll see. I can't guarantee it. Depends how old it was, blah, blah, blah. Well, you know how much the bill came to? It was in this case I brought it to her. It came to $600 because they still had to do a root canal, but I saved $1,500 with just that little cramp. Well, this guy owed 10,000 bags of gold that were this big. We, don't, we can't even comprehend how big that debt was. It was so big. I did a calculation. One bag of gold is 20 years labor for one of these guys. I did a calculation, that's 200,000 years labor. Is How could a guy get that much in debt? He must have been betting on the horse races or something, I don't know, gambling problem. But whatever the reason, he was in so much debt that there was no way he was ever going to pay it back. And the king said, you are in trouble, big guy, because back in those days when you were in debt, you know what they did? You couldn't just declare bankruptcy. What they did is, first of all, they took your house, they took your car, they took your motorbike, you took your bike, they took everything you had, and they sold it. And then they took the money and they pay your debt. But if, what if you still couldn't pay your debt? What happened then? They would, they would sell you, they would take you and your family, your wife and your kids, and you would be slaves until you could pay, up, pay off your debt I mean it was serious stuff man and the man knew that his life his life passed before him and he fell before the king and he said oh I'm so sorry he said give me a little time which was ridiculous there was no way he was ever going to pay that debt he said give me a little time and I'll pay the debt back and all of a sudden it says the king had compassion on him you remember that word compassion what does compassion mean it's where you feel what somebody else is feeling what happened with my cousin I felt what they were feeling And I was able to forgive them and ask them for forgiveness because of compassion. Compassion is what's going to keep our world from blowing apart. We need compassion. And it says the king had compassion on this guy. And he forgave him of his debt. Right? Then what happened? He went out and he found one of his fellow workers, his workmates from work, who owed him some money? About it's It, it was about uh, 100, uh, 100 pieces of silver, which the calculation is 100 days labor. Okay? 200,000 years labor. Debt was just forgiven. But his friend owed him 100 days labor, which is about, I don't know, it, it might have been $20,000, right? So it wasn't... It, 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 it wasn't small. It still was kind of annoying. Remember that word, annoying? It still was enough to inconvenience him. And he grabbed him by the throat and he said, pay me what you owe. And the man said, just give me some time and I'll pay you back. And it says the man wouldn't listen to him. He took him and he threw him into jail. Well, the king had some spies who saw that. And it says they were angry. They were furious with this guy because they knew what had just happened. He'd just been forgiven of this debt, of insurmountable debt, an unrepayable debt. He'd just been forgiven. And he went out and he threw his friend in jail. So the king called him in. And what did the king do? Dude, this is wrong. Yeah, and he took him and he threw him into jail, didn't he? He said, you sh- didn't, didn't, you, you, didn't I just forgive you of an insurmountable debt? And, and, and you walked out free, and you could not forgive your fellow servant. So he threw him into jail. Now, the, the point of this, and I want to... Uh, I think that's good, guys. That's awesome. What I want to do is, is that the debt that this guy owed... I would say that each block here represents a, a unit of about uh, one Vancouver neighborhood. Now, there's a house in my block that just went up for sale, kind of a dinky little house across the street, little blue rickety, rickety thing. You know what the, the listing is? And they're bidding for it. Huh? Close. 1.25. Little, little rickety house across the street, right? And there's pro- it'll probably go for that. Because they're bidding wars. There's bidding wars going on. So, based on the value of a Vancouver house, each of these blocks represents a neighborhood full of Vancouver houses. So, like, you know, $50 to $100 million worth of houses, right? Uh-huh. Yeah. Why and I, don't and I put, why do you know why I put it, that block out? Why? Because sometimes we- when I'm the building, I like to my tower down. Okay, well, I'll, you might have that privilege in a minute. Uh, now, see, what do you see here, Pax? What's this? Uh, a coin. A coin, yeah. Do you know what kind of coin that is? Uh, no. Okay, it's a, it's, it's a dime, which is probably the thinnest coin we have. So just put that on the ground beside this tower. Put it, put it on the ground. So this is, what, this is what the man owed the king here. I'm doing a bar graph, a real-life bar graph. All right? <laughs> And this, is, this little dime represents what his friend owed him, right? That represents. So you get a picture there, right, of the, of the difference. So the king forgave his servant this debt, but he could not forgive his friend his debt. Why? Why? What's the block? What's the block? What stopped him from forgiving? What was it? It's the whole point of what causes the blockages. Where did my paraphernalia go? Help me, somebody. My pipe? My other pipe? Okay. So what what was the block? Why couldn't he forgive? What was the block to him forgiving? Are you ready for this? He had just been forgiven fifty billion dollars. And he forgot. He forgot. He forgot the debt that he'd been forgiven of. That's the block that keeps us forgiving is we forget what God has done for us and the debt that we owed. And so the reason we have communion is to help us remember the mercy and the debt That God owed me. When I thought about my cousins. How annoying they were. It was like that dime. But when God showed me my heart. And how how terrible I had been to them. I saw this tower. And he forgave me. He had mercy on me. So. We're going to have communion today. And I wanted to. As, as adults and children as we celebrate communion together I want us to allow this to be a, a way that God reminds us of the mercy so uh, can I get my picture as well so so what happens when you the love of God the Paul said in the book of Romans, is always being shed, shed in our hearts by the Holy Spirit. Whoa! Sorry, guys. Sorry, Sarah. You okay? Here, I'll go a little lower. Sorry, Sarah. You all right? Yeah. A little soon for the... A little lower. There we go. So there you go. See? So what happens when you forget? What happens when you forget? You plug. When you forget the mercy that God has shown you you plug the capacity to receive his love, and then when somebody needs forgiveness, what happens? There's no mercy, right? The water doesn't go through. The other thing that happens is when you don't show mercy and forgiveness, you say, no, I'm not gonna forgive because you deserve for me to be mean to you, and I'm gonna I'm gonna get revenge for what you've done to me. So when you pour the water in, what happens? It gets stuck, right? And you get to the point where you can't even receive forgiveness anymore. You can't even receive God's mercy anymore. All right, before I wreck something and the, the mic goes batty, is the power off on the mic? That might be a good idea. Otherwise, you might be uh, carrying me to the, the ward. All right. So, Rick, come and bring the table over here. And do uh, you want to knock that over? Do you want to knock that over? Can Pax knock that over? Yeah. Pax, do it! Woo! Yeah! All right. Good job, buddy. Good job.
1: Yeah, yeah.
0: that was so good. So, Terry Ann, come on up. Are you here already? Where'd she go? Okay. There you are. So let's pray. And good job, you guys. Thanks so much for listening. Thanks, Kathleen, for the great little activity. Uh, Try to eat those nibs and kind of pace it over the next few weeks. (laughs) That's amazing, Sarah. You got a lot of nibs there. That's awesome. All right. Thanks, Wade. Thanks, Pax. Good job, you guys. You can have the dime, too. I don't know where it went. but <laughs> All right. Can I have one? <laughs> oh, 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 oh. Bad example, Pastor Gordy. Okay. Sure, you can keep that, Pastor. Alright, so we're, we're preparing. Yeah, better not, uh, don't use this mic. Uh, it's, it's a bit wet, guys, so, yeah. We want power, but not that kind. Yeah, okay. Yeah, I'm okay with the lapel, though. Alright. So, how do we remember? There's so much in the Bible about forgetting... Forgetting what God has done. Forgetting his mercy. And so, I'm going to ask the Lord to come and soften our hearts. For those of us who are maybe having struggles with somebody who's pretty annoying in our lives these days. Somebody who's offended us and hurt us. And I know, and I'm not, I don't want to make light of the fact that some of the pain that we suffer at the hands of others is just unimaginable. We live in an unimaginably painful world the stuff we do to each other so i understand that it's it's not easy forgiveness is not easy jesus didn't want us to assume it was but i think that part of the problem with forgiveness is that we're like that guy trying to love god with all our heart soul mind and strength where we're trying to we're trying harder forgiveness is not about trying harder forgiveness is about receiving It's about opening our hearts and remembering the mercy that God has shown us. And if we do that, I believe forgiveness will come. In my counseling office through the years as a pastor, I've heard stories of unimaginable pain, of stuff that no one should ever have to go through at the hands of their parents, at the hands of an uncle, at the hands of a brother or sister or an authority figure. And I have found over and over again it's not a matter of you should forgive. You should forgive. Of course we know that forgiveness is the way to healing and it takes away the abuser's power over us. Of course. But the, the, the source of that forgiveness is holding that uh, together. So holding that before us. And I believe the communion table is, is what this is about. It's about remembering So, Rick, uh, do you have any instructions you want to give? You can use my mic. We'll
1: uh, offer you the uh, bread and the juice, and and then you can uh, participate. Bless you. So
0: you can either just stay up here if you have, uh, I don't know if anybody has any words of healing that are happening this morning, any specific things the Lord wants to do. Obviously, the forgiveness issue is, is huge. Um, but if you'd like prayer, you can go back to your seat and have communion with a friend and pray for each other there. Or if you'd like to get, receive prayer at the front from, from a pastor or elder or just somebody on our prayer team. Uh, then just after you've received your communion, maybe stand to the side. We want to keep kind of a flow of traffic so people can come and receive. Uh, so let's stand together. So the Bible says that the same night that the, the Lord was betrayed, he took bread and he broke it. And he said, take, eat. This is my body, which is broken for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Do this remembering me. Then after supper, he took the cup and he said, this cup is the new covenant in my blood do this in remembrance of me for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup you declare my death until I come so father we ask for your blessing and your presence to come lord as we remember you your love fills our hearts our love your love is shed abroad in our hearts by the holy spirit would you come lord and soften our hearts lord and empower us to be people who walk in your mercy and give your mercy in Jesus name. So you can come when you're ready. God bless you as you receive today.